Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth with Eden and Kim, shifting you into higher consciousness, the show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, special interviews with inspiring guests, intuitive readings, channeled messages from beyond, including celebrities, hot topics to expand your awareness, and time for questions from the audience. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Hello, everybody. This is Eden for with Talk Purpose and Truth podcast, and we have... Who is this? Your friend Prabhath. <laughs> I'm back. Um, our Kim Summers, our lovely Kim, is still away yes. on her travels. So I get to be the fill-in guest. And it's been great being the fill-in guest. Hopefully the viewers, uh, listeners, still enjoy the show. Uh, but Kim will be back in a couple of weeks. Right. And, um, I'm so excited that I get to fill in this week because I grew up on MTV and that was just so much of my generation. So... We'll talk about all that and our wonderful guests in a minute, but yeah, I'm just, ex- I love doing the show, but I really am excited to be on this show because it reminds me of my high school, college years. Like, I know, brings us back. You were like Dawson's Creek and Felicity before them. Way that's, before that's that. That's who I'm going to yeah. say you are, Eric, so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so for um, for now, let's talk about something that I think Eric could chime in if he would like. We have Eric Neese here, by the way. Uh, by the way, to. I mean, if anybody wants to know. <laughs> so if you guys remember Real World Season 1, yes. Eric was one of the castmates on that. And as we talked about earlier, this whole reality show world all started with Real World. So thank you, or we're really upset with you. <laughs> Maybe both. <laughs> yeah. But welcome here, Eric. First. Thank you very much yes. for having me. I will read about, I'll read his bio right now. So right. everybody who's maybe the younger crowd, the younger listeners, yeah. um, will need to hear this. Okay, so Eric Nice is best known as the teen idol from MTV's The Real World, New York. The first ever reality show launched in 1992 and the host of one of the world's most watched dance program, MTV's The Grind. It was viewed in over 90 million homes around the world. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> MTV's The Grind became this so popular, popular that Eric released The Grind Workout, a multi-platinum video series. For the following 10 years, Eric made numerous appearances on talk shows, MTV programs including real-world challenges, movies, as well as appeared in in magazines and advertising campaigns. As one of reality television's biggest stars, Eric was inducted into the Television Hall of Fame as one of the pioneers of reality television. Wow. (laughs) Wow. Prabhav, are you listening to me? I am totally listening to this. <laughs> I'm, I'm keeping track of our timestamp so we don't go over the time, Eden. Well, come on. I, as, as a guest host, I got into trouble a couple weeks ago for everybody. I, I went over and Eden looked at me like, Kim would never go over. <laughs> so I was like, let me make a note so I like make sure I will not mess up my timestamp. Okay, well. So, so thanks. Now. You just called me out for the viewers that are the listeners. <laughs> the listeners. For me making notes on my phone. These are some important points yeah. here. Did you hear what I just said? I did. I know all about Eric. No, did you know that he's inducted into the Television Hall of Fame? I I, I Not many people know that. Yeah, I yeah. That's Eden, you got to dig for that information. Eden, I, I, I read his bio. 
Okay. I mean, I, I, I prepared. You <laughs> think prepared. I just show up at these shows? Okay. I'm going to quiz them later. So. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not done. There's Is more. Is this Eric again? I don't know. <laughs> I know. There's more. Okay. Yeah. So throughout his career, Eric's greatest passion has been to help people and children and the planet. And he has started, started numerous organizations, movements, and projects to help build awareness for health and well-being for all life on Earth. Eric Nice has spent the past two decades fearlessly embarking on dozens of adventures around the world, including participating in all-night sh- shamanic journeys deep in the Amazon- Amazonian jungle, martial arts training under the iron fist of a Vietnamese grandmaster, surfing and cliff j- jumping. I'm, I'm like, these are like... Um, I know, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> crazy. Shamanic with, healing in the Amazon. Yeah, That's with local kids in... Fijian paradise? Fijian. Fijian paradise. Chanting with 2,000 monks in the Himalayas, participating in Native American spirit ceremonies, shearing sheep in New Zealand, skydiving in Mexico, (laughs) deep water diving in the Galapagos. Is that right? Galapagos Galapagos. Fasting in the desert for 43 days. Wow. You're like naked and afraid. Yeah. Um, partying for a week in South Beach, Miami. That's <laughs> got to so be thrown in there. Like, I love that. You're with the shamans. And <laughs> with no sleep. It's the angels and the demons. Getting okay. high so on the beach like that's, that's for 10 days. Well, that's what's going on here yeah. on Earth, right? Right. Okay, a little more. Um, and you know what? There's so much. There's so much. Oh, my gosh. I mean, if they listen to the podcast, I think they'll probably learn some of that information. Eric, okay, let's talk to you've him. You've done a lot of good, great stuff. We're happy to have you. This does some great things. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Oh my goodness! So, uh, how excited are we that we get to oh talk? Do we get to see him in person, Eric Nice? Yeah, he's well, he's very he's a big deal to us. Well, he's but what I love is right. You took this real world fame that you got and you leveraged it right to like actually highlight things that matter in the world. Like you mm-hmm. took your fifteen. We all have fifteen minutes of fame, or sometimes fifteen seconds, and you like your legacy is not going to be that you're on some reality show. It's going to be that you actually really did make profound impact in people's lives. Mm -hmm. And like that Mm -hmm. will live on well past your clips, your IMDb, your YouTube clips. So Mm -hmm. for that, we were really thankful to have you here and we're thankful for the the listeners that they get to hear themselves where they're inspired and they'll incorporate some of that in their own lives and give back in whatever way they can. Not -hmm. everybody gets to hang out with their shamans in the Amazon, but they can still (laughs) help their neighbor next door. That's right people in their communities. Yeah, so. It's all about being in service, right? Yeah, mm. which is so beautiful. So so kind of walk us through the, the beginning. You know, we're, we definitely want to get into all your charity and your service stuff, but like mm-hmm. when you got on Real World Season 1, like how did that happen? How did you get picked? And then what kind of happened to your life after you became famous? Yeah, I was, um, I was in New York and I was embarking on a modeling career and maybe acting my mom really wanted me to be an actor Hmm. Uh, that was a big thing for her Um, but I was 18 years old I wasn't going to go to college I didn't like school and so one day my mom said well what are you going to do you you need to make money if you're not going to go to college and she said well what about acting and I had a friend of mine who was a one of the top three male models in the world from my neighborhood I did some shots with him. The modeling career started. I shot with Bruce Weber. Casting came up for the real world, and I got the part. Mm. Mm. Wow, just on your mm. looks, maybe. 
Well, they were looking for um, somebody who was a model looking to get into acting. Mm. That, that, that was the character that they were looking for. Okay, so... So they went to all the modeling agencies looking for a model. Okay, so back then, I think it's similar now, but maybe not as scripted today as... But it was scripted... No. Not fully scripted we, at all? We, we, are, we are literally the only completely non-scripted oh. show, I think, ever. I mean, they did like Big Brother where they just put cameras in there and they just put people in there and yeah. they go. Um, but now, because they try to get a production done within three weeks because of the budget, mm -hmm. so they script it and they produce it a certain way. Right. <clears throat> you know, so because ours was, you know, it was three months and it was just, okay, just go in the room and go. Mm -hmm. And then what happened um, was none of us wanted to hang out with each other. And we were all casted from that tri-state area. So it was easy for all of us to go home and hang out with our friends. Oh. So one day they said, listen, now you have to come back to the loft for dinner, for this and for that. Okay. And um, yeah, it was, um, you know, they were, we were the guinea pigs and they were just figuring it out. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. I mean, wow. it was the first reality show. Like, it's yeah. when you think about it, and I remember like the tagline was, you know, this is what happens when you put seven people in a room and they have to be oh real. Oh my right? gosh. Like, yes. it really was like, because the idea was this is what happens. Like, oh, if you throw two people on an island, will they fall in love? If you put mm -hmm. seven people together, will they hate each other or become best friends? And it was like, you get to see, we saw all of that. Yeah. And, and I, it was, it was authentic. Yeah. Right. And it was raw and it was very real. So, um, it was kind of disheartening for me to see how things changed because so many people, and I'm not being biased, obviously, yeah. I'm just, you know, responding to how people reacted to it. But a lot of people over the years have come up to me and they're like, I really liked the first one because it really felt authentic. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. And I think that's back to that. You, you all weren't actors, right? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, like they wanted people that are interested in acting, but so much of the reality show world, the hidden secret for people that don't know is they're aspiring actors and actresses who mm -hmm. do these shows <clears throat> because this is their chance to like, hopefully a, a casting director, somebody will see it. Right. And back then it was really, these just regular people telling their stories. Yeah. And, and, and they had, and you saw real conflict. They talked about race relations, mm -hmm. the season with Pedro, where you have a guy that has HIV, right? HIV yeah. and AIDS. Like he's dealing with what that is. Yeah. And is he going to live or die? Like all of that, you don't know what's going to happen and mm -hmm. people's biases and, yeah, and Hang we didn't up. have the element of, oh, there's a reality show and I'm going to go on this show to be famous for who I am. Like, there was none of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. the, the internet didn't even exist. Yeah. So there was no, like, Instagram and oh, yeah. selfies. Right. And that's that world didn't exist. Where now, a lot of the people that are obviously casting, they're casting for the reason, like, oh, I can get on TV, I can right. get famous, and I can make a career for myself. Yeah. Right. So, you know, th that wasn't in the equation for us. Yeah, there were no YouTubers then. There was no YouTube. <laughs> there was no YouTube. Yeah. Did you get paid, yeah. though? Very little. Okay. Because like, they, they, they have to account for your, you're not being able to nothing. work for those months because yeah. you guys are living there and... Yeah, they didn't have a budget, you know, they, okay. but they never have a budget. <laughs> for yeah. anybody out there, right. unless you're going on to a show where there's a cash prize at the end uh -huh. and you're going to win, a lot of these reality shows, they get nothing. Yeah. Because they're very, getting very Because they know that there's going to be thousands of people that just want to be on TV to be famous, and they yeah. can pay them 
peanuts. And they and I'm thinking of The Bachelor. They quit their jobs. A lot of them quit mm-hmm. so they can do the show, and they know that afterwards they're going to be famous. Yeah, yeah. And oh. then it's up to you to parlay it into something else, and right. that's not easy. Wow. Yeah. And but, the same thing about the, the music, the music industry. Like a lot of people don't. Know this. A mm-hmm. lot of, especially the women in these music videos, they're not paid. They're, they're just there. Oh God! The, if the, people knew the secrets, because the selling of the point entertainment is, industry. <laughs> oh well, you'll end up being able to to get something out of it later. Yeah. But these people are like they're doing a non-paid gig for a day. For sure. Well, they, then, they uh, get a huge advance. Mm-hmm. If you're not famous, you get a huge advance, and you got to produce your record, you do your music videos, you got to do your press junkets, and all that kind of stuff. And that advance goes all. You have to pay that money first out. So mm-hmm. you got to make back all that money to pay off the debt that you already have. Yeah. It's, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Anyway. Yeah. No, but it was fascinating <laughs> because sort of like in our generation, you know, like MTV was everything. Like, but I think what people don't understand is what MTV was in the 90s. It's what YouTube, Netflix, Facebook mm-hmm. combined is. Like, yeah. MTV was the cool thing where if you didn't have cable... You went to your friend's house to watch Real World, to watch Total Request Live, to watch Singled Out. Like yeah. that was the cool kids thing. Like I would tell people, Rock and like Rock and Jock changed my life. Like my whole sort of oh, philosophy so on <laughs> what charity should be. And mm-hmm. when I got into producing charity events and getting that world was what Rock and Jock was, which was using yeah. celebrities and all these people to highlight something good. Yeah. And you guys were so ahead of your time. And I think what people don't realize is, I mean the quiz I always ask everybody, which I'll, we'll run this by the listeners too. The 10 most watched YouTube videos of all time, what do they have in common? There's a common theme. What do you guys think it is? Uh, animals? No. <laughs> the 10 most watched YouTube videos of well, all time. Well, they must be, well, I know one of them yeah. is that, is, is he the South Korean guy that made that, that song? Number one is Gangnam Style. Gangnam, Gangnam so Style. So the top oh. ten videos with all over a billion views are all music videos. Well, music videos. So I had friends I who said say. to me forever, "Music videos are dead. Nobody cares." No, no they didn't die. They just moved over from MTV to YouTube. Which again, MTV was the leader in music videos. Yeah. So they were so ahead of their time in every single way. Mm-hmm. And I think what people don't realize is, young people, because I remember, like we would want to see. What are the top 20 videos? What's happening? And then, you know, yeah. NBC would do something where they would do the highlights. So it's like you guys really were so far ahead. Yeah. I mean, for me, MTV was about learning how to dance. I would watch yeah. the music videos so I could learn all the dance moves. And then you became uh, host of the, the host grind. of a the, dance show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you did that. You did what was it called? The, the Grind. The, the Grind. grind. Mm-hmm. Okay. How long did that well, Stay it on. could have lasted a lot longer, but I was the host of that for three years, but I walked away. And okay. while we were doing the grind, um, the grind workout videos. Okay. And happened. then, and now I know you have a story behind why you walked away. Yeah. Do you, are you willing to talk about that? Yeah. I posted it live I on know. Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, I can talk about it. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get too deep into it because it's obviously it's a long and detailed story. But the long, the the short story of that is while I was on the grind, there was uh, a gentleman who came onto the show who was working with CNC Music Factory, mm-hmm. and um, he got to me through this manager that I was already working with, and he courted me for about three months, 
and he wined and dined me and took me out to dinner with Roberta Flack and George Benson and mm. the Sugar Hill Gang and all these different famous people wow. um, because he wanted to be my manager. Mm -hmm. And um, so I agreed to that and I allowed him to be my manager. And what I didn't know is that he was a sexual predator. Mm. And so I gave him power of attorney over my career and my career was literally at the apex. My, the show was 90 million viewers around the world. I had every producer, all the directors. I could walk in every door. I had a deal with Universal Studios to do my own talk show hmm. that was in the works. It was gonna be the first reality TV talk show oh, where wow. me and four or five other, me and five cast members, guests, we lived in a, the same house and then celebrities would come and visit us <laughs> wow. at the house. Like Shaquille O'Neal would come over, but we'd be in the backyard playing basketball, flipping burgers. Oh, you know, it's a great really, concept. really personal. It was amazing. I'm surprised they never did it. Um, so anyway, I had all that stuff going. And then, um, you know, this guy started talking to me. I don't know. Well, we, you talk about a lot of light stuff and a lot of angels. I don't mm -hmm. know how much dark stuff you talk about. But, you know, there's these conspiracy theories that have been around for a long time about the Illuminati and the New World Order and all these mm -hmm. secret societies and things like that. So They say that's why Prince died. And Prince yeah, and all the entertainment industry and everything. Yeah, okay, Chester so Bennington. And, this yeah. is actually the first time I'm actually speaking about this like this okay. on yeah. a show. So okay. Keeping it real. We're making it real. Keeping it very, very real. Right. But in 1994, there was no internet. So you couldn't go out and, and search the Illuminati and the New World Order and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. The only places that you heard that was through Tupac and different artists right. who would talk about the Illuminati because of their experiences in the music industry. Uh -huh. So um, I, he's, he's the first person that shared that information with me and obviously I was shocked and no one else was talking about it around me. And all of my friends like came together and he just sucked us in with all that information. Hmm. And um, I went on this um, uh, researching tour around New York and Washington DC and with a pad and a piece of paper reading all these books. And that was like the beginning of my brainwashing where he was slowly starting to brainwash and manipulate me. And then he later on would say, that I was this very special chosen person mm. um, to do great things in my future and that he was dying and that he had to pass this information on to me before he died. And the way that we were to do that was to connect physically. Uh -huh. wow. And so I, you know, this guy was like, we didn't even have phones, but we had flip phones back in the day, but mo all of us had pagers. I would get like 35, 40 pages from him a day. He was constantly programming me with mm -hmm. all of this information. And I was at the height of my career and everything was amazing. Mm -hmm. And so, and but also I was using drugs. And mm -hmm. so I was on my self-destructive path because of all of the traumas from my childhood that were suppressed in my body. Mm -hmm. And so I was out of control and I was lost. Mm -hmm. And that really took me to the edge and that was like the first time that I contemplated you uh, contemplated suicide. And, um, but yeah, I basically gave my body to him and I allowed him to molest me. And then after a few weeks of that, 
Um, I realized how dark this was and it, it obviously wrong. didn't feel pure to yeah. me and I was crying while it was happening. Mm. So it was incredibly traumatic for me yeah. and that just put me over the edge and that's when I walked away. From Good the, for you. I walked away from the business. Oh, I okay. literally, yeah. because of all of that, um, this is a, a, a good part of it, a good part of the story, but when I decided that I was gonna walk away from the grind, um, we were filming these shows underneath the Brooklyn Bridge, and Jenny McCarthy was just coming into MTV at the time, uh -huh. and she was gonna host six shows by herself. And I'm thinking, this is my show, <laughs> where MTV is going, you're just a number. Uh -huh. This is not your show. Wow. Like, who do you think is in control here? Yeah. We're showing. We're going to show you who's in control. Because there was a lot of things I brought to them that they wanted nothing to do with, and so I was always kind of button heads with, with MTV. But um, so I called them up the day before and I said, I'm not coming. You can find somebody else to host the show because mm -hmm. I'm not going to allow this this girl, you know, mm -hmm. to come in and take my show. Mm -hmm. And so I disappeared. I shut my phone off. This is the, my, these are my first experiences with spirit mm. and the devil, mm. right? So the, my first experience with the spirit, just to digress a little bit, was when I was about to take my life, standing on the Hudson River, looking at the Viacom building, thinking that my life was over and I had no way out. I had my grandfather's knife on my wrist and this small little cloud was coming down the river and it was lit up by the lights uh -huh. of New York. And it caught my attention just in that moment. And I heard this little, still, small voice in my head, the first time I've ever heard it, say, just go home. Huh. Just go home. And it, like, shook me. Yeah. And I took it off, and I went back to the apartment. I packed up all my things, and I went home. And then this whole thing happened with the grind, <clears throat> where I go to the show. I wake up in the morning. I turn my phone off. Everybody's looking for me. All the producers are up all night long. And uh, I turn my phone on, and the first thing that happens, my mom calls. And that night, I had a dream. And I'm driving in my car, and there's a red truck following us. And my publicist is in the car with a friend of mine. And I hear this voice in the back of the truck, which I would again hear later on in my life, working with other people that were out of integrity, mm. manipulating, controlling, like charlatans, okay. shamanic charlatans. And I hear this voice in my dream going, I've got you, I've got you now, you're mine, I've got you. And then the car, I'm driving the car and I'm trying to get away from this red truck and I come around the corner and I'm doing a lot of charity work at that time, working yeah. with kids, especially uh, pediatric AIDS. So I was always around a lot of children children that were suffering. Yeah. And um, so I come around the corner and, and over this hill, it's like flowers, it was like a meadow. There's those thousands of kids coming over the hill huh. and they're playing and they got signs and they're playing music and they're Eric, Eric, Eric and the truck's going I've got you I've got you now and I wake up from the dream and my mom calls and says honey I know you're upset but you have a lot of kids out there that love you and you know maybe think about doing it for them wow. and I said you know what mom you're right and so I called them up and I said, I'm coming. So I go to the show, 
and I'm really upset. I'm like really out of sorts, <laughs> you know? So I had to like flip the switch and turn it on and become yo, 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 Eric Nice from the grind uh. and do my job. But I'm standing next to Jenny McCarthy, who I am not liking at this moment. And so the, the light, the, turn, the red light goes on and I was like, hey, I'm Eric Nice from the grind and this is Jenny McCarthy. They go, cut, 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 <laughs> cut. And they're like, if you're gonna do it, Eric, you gotta do it. And I said, all right. And I turn around and I go all to the kids. I said, I just want all my friends who are the dancers. I said, I just want all you guys to know that I'm doing this for you. I came back here for yeah. you, uh -huh. but these are gonna be my last shows. Aww. And I turn around and I just turned it on and you know we did the shows. So the last show that I ever did with MTV and The Grind it was a beautiful summer day, not a cloud in the sky. And all of a sudden, from down the Hudson River comes the next cloud. The first one was a little gentle little white cloud that said, oh, just go home, just go home. Mm -hmm. This cloud was dark and black and eerie. Huh. And it came down the river and thundered and lightninged on the last show. And I said my goodbye. And when I said my goodbye, the cloud left and the sun came out. Wow, you listened. And that was it. Wow. It was yeah. your time to go. It was my time to go and move on. And then what would happen later on has just been all divine. All divine, yeah. So, yeah, tell yeah, so, us, yeah, tell talk us to us that. about yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, what happens next. How long we're do we it. have? We're yeah. in now, so. so we, we, we have about another probably 10 minutes, but then, yeah. then if we're lucky, maybe we can get you back for the next show. We can show. come back. So I'll just, I'll yeah. give you well, we'll like get the you things on the next that happened. So, right. so the things like what happened was after that, when I was at rock bottom and I knew that I needed to help myself, that's when I met my grandmaster. And my grandmaster was a eighth generation Vietnamese uh, martial arts grandmaster, eighth generation grandmaster of Chinese medicine, acupuncture, meditation, Buddhism. His mom was the queen of the mountain people of Vietnam. And when the communists came and took over the kingdom of Vietnam, it was his kingdom, his mom's kingdom. And they, they murdered his mom in front of all him and his brothers because when they knew that they were coming, they knew the communists were coming. So they hid all of the artifacts and all of these heirlooms that have been passed down for thousands of years. And he had all of this. And so um, he escaped after being tortured for a year, came to America, he healed himself, went back, saved his brothers. And when I met him and I went into his house for the very first time, all of those artifacts were in his house, like 10,000 pieces, the oh, king wow. and the queen's chair and the beds and their clothes and the bowls and a drum that was 150, the first drum ever on the earth, 150,000 years old, like oh. all this incredible stuff. Um, and so I lived with him. Where is he? He is just died. Oh, he just okay. passed, yeah, about okay. five months ago. Okay. And so he was my first teacher and I lived off and on with him for, uh, for six years, training in martial arts and meditation um, and healing myself. Wow. <clears throat> that's so beautiful. I, th I think that's a good place for us to stop for this episode. But then we'll bring Eric back the next week, right? We, will you, <laughs> we, can you come back in a week for us, Eric? We'll get yeah. you in a week. Yeah. And, and um, <laughs> I guess th thank you, Eden, for, uh, for helping us find Eric for this episode. Oh, yeah. It's all me. Yes. It's all Eden. <laughs> no, we actually have to say uh, thank you to Jeremy. Jeremy. Yeah. Jeremy, um, he brought 
Like he introduced us. Yeah. 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 So Jeremy Jackson yeah. and I, who Jeremy from Baywatch, um, we met on <clears throat> on um, Confessions of a Teen Idol, mm-hmm. and we had an amazing experience together, and it kind of transformed his life. Yeah. And so I found out about you guys through Jeremy. So I love you, JJ, wherever you are. Yes. Um, but before we go, yeah. the reason why I ca- why I came and I want to talk is because I'm on an apprenticeship. Yeah. Right now, okay. um, with the Shipibo Indian, with the Shipibo people from Peru, it's a tribe of indigenous people from Peru, um, and they're the masters of ayahuasca. And the lineage of ayahuasca was passed down to them from the Inca, and so I've been working with ayahuasca for about two and a half years now, and I'm, and I'm basically going through the purification and cleansing of my ancestral lineage. Oh boy! And yeah. this is a it's a soul. Soul wow. healing, yes. and I'm going back lifetimes and lifetimes, and healing the lineage of okay. the soul. So I just started on a three-year master plant dieta, and that's why I didn't touch you yeah. and, and hug you when yeah, I he came wouldn't, in. He wouldn't hug us. <clears throat> no hugs. And it wasn't because of the coronavirus. Right. I'm on a very, very special plant diet where I'm communicating and learning from the plants, so that one day I can facilitate. Um, ayahuasca ceremonies. Okay. Um, so I'm like in shaman training for the next uh, few years. And Profound. Yeah, and so I started a an apprenticeship fundraiser. Okay. Um, so I can go down to the jungle periodically for months at a time uh-huh. to do my training. So okay. you can find that. There's yeah. a GoFundMe page okay. for the apprenticeship. So I'm looking for people to support me on What's this. What's it called okay. on the GoFundMe? Yeah. It's Eric Nice's Master uh, Plant Apprenticeship. Okay. And you spell your last name N-E-I-S. Yeah, it's E-R-I-C-N-I-E-S. And then I'm also... I-E. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and I put I-E. up the videos um, of my story up on Facebook. Okay. And then my website is Eric Nice.com. Okay. So amazing. Yeah. Thank well, we you. definitely want to have you back. So, wow. This is great. Thank you, Eric, for being with us. Thank you yeah. so, so much great. for having me. Yes, I know so we're, we're going out, but I have a question now that you said the ancestral lineage, mm-hmm. you're clearing all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any side effects from that? I, I mean, physical. Po- not phys- negative. Not negative. It's so, all positive. Uh, the, okay. the experiences that I've had with ayahuasca and also Vipassana meditation. Mm-hmm. If, can I give you, a, do we have time for a quick example okay. of this? Okay. Okay. We're good. So, so now. It's no. okay. We can wrap it up if you want to. No, wrap it's it up. okay. It's okay. If, if, right. you, if you'll do our next show, we'll, um, okay. I'm happy can, to come yeah, back. Yeah, so, so we'll, we'll have them back for the next one. So we'll, we'll wrap now, okay. but then, then we'll have them back for the We're next so one. We're so confused right now. We'll have now. them back. All right, so so we'll just go to our sponsors and and then we'll we'll have Eric back for next show. So everybody, thanks for, for that. listening. Thank you, everybody. Love you. Thanks, Eric. Bye, Love guys. You. Love you. So we have Doris Muna here, who has been a previous amazing guest, and I'm so excited because she is having a series of workshops workshops for six Saturdays in the Southern California area. Doris, can you, these are for healers, right? Can you tell us about this? Yes, it is for healers and lay people at, as well. It's to help healers uh, clear their energy fields and to give them tools so they can be more effective in their results. I, it's a shame, I see it all the time, that healers get burnt out and they cannot keep going and they have all sorts of illnesses or depression. It's all this energy that's stuck to them, mm-hmm. unfortunately. 
Yeah, I, I that's understand. huge. Yeah, I that's understand. amazing because I've never seen someone have a workshop for this. And so where where, where would they contact you to find out more? They can contact me via my website, DorotheaHealing.com. And it's info at DorotheaHealing.com or my phone number, 805-807-3097. Awesome. So exciting. That sounds great. For more information on Eden, go to EdenSuston.com. For more information on Kim, go to KimLifeCoach.com. Make sure to follow them on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Talk Purpose and Truth Podcast. If you loved this episode, you'll love every episode. So be sure to subscribe so you don't miss anything. Thank you for listening.